Hello, hello. Welcome to Hash It Out Podcast. We have some sad news and sort of don't cry. It's not that horrible. Um, this will be our last podcast, but that's only for the semester. We are coming back next semester. So hold your tears. Don't cry, River. We will be back in January with some new content for all of you. So just take this time to focus on wrapping up this semester and enjoying the break we'll have in a few weeks. This episode for today it illuminates different aspects of immigrant identity and international students the differences between visa holders such as the reality of integrating into a new country the implications of the pandemic and the factors that brought them to leave their host home countries in the first place i am meedha and as usual i'm joined by my gorgeous co-host bilin how do you feel about recording our last episode of the semester bilin hey uh You know what, Meta? I'm not really sure. There's a lot of feelings going on. Uh, I feel kind of sad, but feeling a little bit old, like relieved if I'm going to be honest, because first of all, finals are around the corner. So my main focus, like I want it to be on that. Um so not having the episode anymore, it kind of frees up some time. Um but like to the directors of the program, I love this. So don't think I don't. <laughs> Um but yeah I I'm pretty excited for next semester um and I feel like we had a great semester it was a little rocky at first but we've came a long way and we're doing much better now and I feel like we've had a lot more people listen to us so I'm very happy about that and I'm ready for next semester like I said what about you Yeah I I agree whenever I look at the numbers I'm like damn so many people have heard me talk which is it's a scary thought and yeah I would say a lot of i guess listeners don't know what happens behind the scenes with us like how we get things together for hashdat and we had a rocky semester like rocky start i'm going to be honest with that um and at one point like i felt a lot overwhelmed with this and i love hashdat i love the podcast the fact that like i even though i'm in like a tiny room and we don't really have an audience to look at we are still able to impact and like we're still still able to like you know I don't know turn with up those numbers and there are people listening to us so somewhere down the line I'm like whenever I don't see the audience I don't hear them like react to me I'm like is my worth like is my work even that like worth enough you know because I go to real talk I go to you know speak out cafe and like so the other events and like you have audience in front of you you know yeah um, definitely like I just wanted to say like uh every time I go cuz I know like a lot of us we're all going to each other's programs and then you know when we go we can see the discussion and see how like everybody's communicating to each other but then with us not saying that I have a problem with this I really do enjoy this but um sometimes it can be a little harder cuz it's like we're not talking to people you know like straight to their face yeah yeah i think for me it it has been great for a matter of fact where I'm a little introverted so this medium actually works out for me where I'm able to you know give like mm-hmm. talk freely and something that has been even better which I'm not sure if has with same with you <laughs> but I think there have been like you know issues whenever we talk about like where you talk about how things work in like your culture in Ethiopia and there have been times where I felt like okay it's pretty similar like the way whether it's mental health stigma is viewed i'm like okay it's pretty similar it's just there are some tiny different aspects to it and i think learning about the communities that sort of aren't mine or the which i don't come from i have no idea 
and i think that has been the most rewarding part of like looking at different issues and how like when you talk about yours because then i have someone who has like been through and it's not just me reading off internet on like what other people have to say so i think th- that has been probably the best part of hash it out and yeah i like i like it and even to the directors both of us we love the podcasts <laughs> just letting you know <laughs> yeah uh, but Yeah, it's sometimes it can get too much and I'm glad this is our last episode and then we can go back to focusing on other different things that we have in our life. So, yeah, for this episode, this topic, uh it's basically best or both world, best or worst of both worlds um and discussing international students. So, I don't know how many of you remember, I have probably emphasized in a good amount of episodes that I'm an international student from India and this topic is a little close to my heart. So IUPUI is a home to nearly 2000 international students and I think something that we need to before you and we start discussing about the challenges and the issues that international students go through something that we need to discuss is understanding like who are international students. So a lot of people have this misconceptions about this around definition of it like people coming from other countries to study in a host country's university. Well, I mean th- though that's true but there are many different layers to it like there's international students then there are um vocational some students come for vocational training and there are different visas and legally like what's the definition of an international student so anyone who is enro- so according to the international education institute anyone who is enrolled at an institution of higher education in a host country for example united states who is not a citizen of that country so let's say i'm an international student okay so i have enrolled in iupui which is a institute in united states that's the host country and i'm not a us citizen nor am i an immigrant or a permanent resident or a refugee and this basically like like i say about the visa um so a visa is basically like a authorization for an international student to like what what's their identity in a host country like visa is basically like a legal proof of it and these may include the holders of f visa which is student visas and then j j visas are basically exchange visitors and m are the people who are on vocational training sort of so every visa has like a different type and different purpose so i am on a f1 visa that's like the student visa um and yeah I didn't really know that there was like so much to the visas um nor did I know that it was very different for like immigrants uh compared to like international students so I didn't realize that but um I was doing some research on this beforehand and did you know that like according to the Migration Policy Institute st- statistics about 1.1 million international students were enrolled in US institutions in the school year 2019 to 2020. This marked a decrease of almost 20,000 international students from the year before. And I think some of the main reasons for the decrease was like due to, you know, the rising cost of uh US higher education and then there's like high numbers of student visa delays and denials, um a difficult political environment for immigrants under the Trump administration if we remember that. And then also it was COVID. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I think something that like for example, I can give you for from my experience, the whole visa what or the way it works for anyone who's unaware of it. So 
Number one, like you apply when you're in your home country. Once I was like in my 12th grade or what's high school over here, I ended up applying as you apply, like everybody else applies. You end up applying for these universities. And once you get an acceptance letter, that's when the whole visa process, like a visa step is after that. Like once you get accepted, you have to submit a visa application where you have to submit like your passport identification it's like a whole legal process that you have to do in your home country then um, there are stages to it so once the sort of the application is submitted you have to schedule a time slot at the u.s embassy so like whatever country you're going to you have to schedule a time slot at that country's embassy in your home country so i i had to go to u.s embassy and have to explain them that why i deserve to get my education in, in the united states like you know and like because they want to make sure that like you're not settling over there you're not doing some you know illegal activities and whatever so you kind of provide your if there is like f1 student like i-20 what it's called so you have to submit you have to give them that that's the proof then the second which is issued by your institute so all these acceptance letters i20 it's it's like provided by your university you take all those documents you give it to the officers and they ask you a bunch of questions i would say like i wasn't really asked any questions i was just asked about like how I'm going to pay for that much of financial aid. And then I provided them like all the scholarships and like everything that I had on my I-20. And that's about it. So it's like a whole process. And then they kind of like, they take time and then your visa gets printed on your passport. So it's, there are multiple stages to this. That's how it works. And then you're allowed to like book a ticket. Like you can book a flight, but during, once you do it, um, once you get to your sort of departure time, you have to go through a whole immigration process over there where they check your visa, they check your validity of your I-20, and like all the proof and documentation, if that makes sense. So even if you like do all of this um, and you have like all your scholarships, the enrollment and everything, or like, like, are you enrolled first or do you you know you have to get that validation from them first you are sort of so once you're enrolled first because your university has to provide that i-20 authorization your university has to provide that acceptance without your acceptance in the university you're not going anywhere because while you're doing the visa interview like what are you going United States for what's mm. the reason and your reason is going to be like four years of undergrad or two years of masters or whatever you're going there for does that make sense can they still deny you yeah they can happily deny you yeah is it like is it a high chance of them denying you or is it just like depends on it depends on like I think it depends on like from country to country if that makes sense so mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of international students who come from India and the thing is without scholarships like basically international students end up paying out of state tuition you know and if they see a lot of like money influx coming in then why would they reject that you know does that make sense like mm-hmm. if an international student is coming without any scholarships and they have to pay so many like money so much of money and they're able to do that so you also have to provide like a financial um I would say proof that you're able to, you know, like without even without these scholarships, you're able to like pay for all of this. Does that make sense? So they just basically want to see that you're able to get situated in um, the country that you're going to before they can even think about accepting you. Oh, don't. The university accepts it. The whole immigration or the visa thing is controlled by the government or the U.S. embassy. Yeah. There are like two different, I would say, 
um, offices that like control. So first, you apply, you get accepted, you get the I-20, whatever authorization documents. You take those documents, you apply for a visa application. The visa application gets processed. Then you have to select time slot for the interview. And then you provide all the documents. If your interview goes well, then you get the visa printed on your passport. And then you basically can fly out. And even on the airport, you have to go through a bunch of immigration process. Like they ask you a bunch of questions. But by then, it's like pretty much you've done 95% of the work. Okay. So is there like a limited amount of time that you can keep applying? Like if you were to get rejected one year? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure there is, but I'm not aware of the number of times. But I'm pretty sure there is. Do you pay every time you apply? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. A lot of payment. If a you were to, like, convert that to, like, American dollars. Oh, even that's another issue. It's, like, because you, because back home, it's, I think, $1 is, like, 75 rupees. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's bloody expensive. Yeah. Yep. It is expensive. Wow. Yep. It is super expensive but even when you apply for universities it's like you end up paying like 75 dollars you know just like up for the application because you i apply through the college application you know mm-hmm. that portal yeah so it's like every university at least has 65 to 75 dollars of like just application fee yeah you know? and even visa fee there's obviously there is yeah definitely wow. yeah and you have to pay like in american dollars or do you have no to? you have to pay in like american yeah wow yeah I mean, you can pay in rupees too, but, but it's like, more. it's based off the American um, conversion. Yeah, they okay. have. Yep. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that I didn't know because um, I'm personally not too close with like too many people that have left their countries like specifically for an educational purpose. Um, like either they already had a citizenship in that country or in the other country that they're going to or they're leaving because... Um, like they want to better their lives uh so like forgive me for not being too familiar with the process um the people that i know like i said uh that have dealt with immigration policies were those that left due to like issues in their country and their families uh want better lives for themselves and their children which is somewhat similar to the reasons for international students um that i've spoken to in the past but uh not a whole lot and since you know and have been through the process, like you're explaining to me now, um, if you don't mind me asking, like, what else, like, what made you want to, you know, come here? What made you think about that? Like, besides, like, you know, like, what what's outside of the educational aspect? Okay, so for me, I initially I wasn't going to plan to, like, come to USA. Um being honest with you I gave SAT lit- I didn't even prepare for SAT like I just I just because there's a lot of competition so we have like I, I was doing like giving engineering entrance exam as well as medical exam back home and th- doing the 12th grade and like like 12th grade is pretty stressful in India and it's a lot of like that's a whole another topic to unpack I would say but um, I gave SAT I prepared for it like a day before I would say and I just gave it and um, I got a I got, I would, I wouldn't say it was the best score that I would have wanted, but I mean, it was, I think it was good, I would say. And uh, I was like, okay, might as well just apply. So I applied to like a bunch of universities where they have good amount of scholarships for international students. So uh, though I applied for Purdue and they don't have that much of like international student scholarships um, as compared to IUPUI, I would say. 
I got a five hundred dollar scholarship for Purdue, and I'm like, "What am I gonna do with that much five hundred dollar scholarship?" But for IUPUI, I got a really like pretty much covered about like eighty percent of my scholarship, like eighty percent of my tuition, which was I was happy about that. I was like, "Okay, you know, I can probably," and that was really so. The differences I would say between the main reason is that back home you cannot do like so many things while you're under, you're doing undergrad. Like you only study. That's it. because yeah you like i guess now it's the whole undergrad culture might be changing because i see my sisters like getting involved in community service and like doing the other programs but um it's not as much like for me i came here and in the first semester as well i started working under a professor for research like i was working in a research team and in, if i would have to study back home i wouldn't have probably get into a research lab until like i got accepted for a phd So it's a yeah and you we don't have anything called like summer internships back home. So like majority of times you're kind of like chilling or like you're doing something else. Like the traditional I would say experience is like that. So I was kind of excited for the opportunities because I I would say like um the undergrad experience over here is it's very liberating where you're not just studying you're also doing other things. And I like the idea of like So here's the thing like I'm pretty individualistic and India in general as a society is very communal like it's a very community based where it's like a lot of people and I hate being around people and one of my main reasons coming here was like it's such a individualistic society that it's just no like my mother would always be like why you're staying alone like she would always shame me for like my choice of just being by myself or like enjoying my solitude and all that stuff or even if i go for hiking it's like from weekends to week with my friends but like i would always be shame for like being by myself i would say um but when i came it's like no one is here to tell me you know like i can be by myself and i like the independence of this society so that's those are the two things that attracted me the most but yeah i mean like i think the undergrad experience is like really huge and the fact that i especially with IUPUI that there are so many other like this is a scholarship based position that I'm doing another like two scholarships and now I don't even have to pay and with the whole RA job that I have it's like my rent is covered so like I don't have to worry about and I think IUPUI gives that much of liberty for international students where you have a good amount of like scholarships that you can apply to yes it's less but I think compared to other universities I think IUPUI has much better scholarship options for international students No definitely I can see that um like something that I can see similar to like Ethiopia um I do have like like family like they're they left the country um just so you know they can get their degree but like they already have family in that other country but um a lot of reasons like they would leave I I don't know I don't see many people come to America I see more people go to like London, you know what I'm saying, or like anywhere up in Europe. And like I'm just so familiar with people going there and like leaving because if you stayed in Ethiopia, you can you could, you know, get a good life and get something started, but a lot of people they can have their bachelor's and masters and literally not like have a life that they want or like have a life that they deserve, honestly. They'll live like somebody um that didn't even get a degree you know what i'm saying no shame to them but it's just like it's so hard 
uh, even if you had a PhD in engineering or like you were a medical doctor, you still wouldn't be living how you would be living in other countries. Like if someone in America got a PhD or they were a doctor, they would be living like, you know, you've seen their houses, their cars. They would be living very different from someone that dropped out like at eighth grade and, you know, tried to work somewhere else instead. Um, so it's just like that's what I see often. Um, and I feel like that might be something like that happens in India as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also for my family, my dad came here. Uh, he brought us here. I was born in Ethiopia and my dad brought us here because of like war problems and he didn't want us to be there. And then on top of that, the whole educational part, you could be paying so much money and then you just won't get the job that you want. Nobody like is looking to hire those people. And it's just like, it's such a, it's a, it's a beautiful place, but like there's just so much to like do and fix the problems that are there that my dad was just like very overwhelmed and he just like took years in applying every single year, you know, to be accepted and like in order to come here. And when we got here though, it took us a long time to get his citizenship. Um, I came here when I was like three and a half. I don't remember too much, but like I have little like slight memories. Um, And I think we got our citizenship when I was like nine years old. And so it took us like over five years so I understand that it takes a lot um I'm not really sure how you know close it it is with like immigration policies and like living in America compared to like international students and just coming here for education oh yeah international students yeah international students are not immigrants nope so um it's kind of I mean the most difficult part I guess for me is applying to, so I, w- I want to get into a PhD program sometime in the future, okay? And I want to get into research programs. So, but the majority of, even for internships, we need, so we have, some, we have something called CPT. And once you graduate, we have OPT, okay? So we have like, um, we, once you're done with like four years of your undergrad, if you are STEM, you get like three years to work in this, like you have work authorization, like you need to be authorized to work in this country. So you have three years to do that, I would say. And if you're non-STEM major, who is doing like a four-year undergrad, you get like one year. And then your company has to like put put you on like a work visa, that's H-1B. Um, so they have to sponsor you, okay? And sponsorship, um, it's a lot of difficult to find in even internships with like who are willing to sponsor international students because they have to go like extra mile and it costs them a lot of money I would say and it's very difficult for um, I would say international students to even get internships with like companies so even for the research programs majority of the research that research programs that I want to apply to I'm not eligible simply because the first requirement is like you have to be a US citizen or a permanent resident Um, so yeah it's kind of I would say it's very tough trying to find like the I would say fight against all the boundaries that we have but that has been one of the I would say key issues of it like there are so many there was like one uh, company that I was interviewing with about um two weeks ago and it was pretty clear in my application I went through like they have it's a very I would say a big company that wouldn't drop the name off but Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. uh, they had like four rounds of interviews and um 
the initial was like screening and like all that stuff and i went up to like the last like i passed through the technical and it was like the last interview that i was going to have with one of their um directors for that sort of uh, department that i was trying to apply to and i'm like talking to him and throughout in my application it stated okay that i'm an international student it stated that i will require sponsorship sometime in the future it's everything stated even in my previous interviews i kind of emphasized on the fact that like you know like i'm an international student and like the kind of difficulties and like there was one of the questions something but i'm pretty sure i made them aware even on the application as well as like verbally that i'm an international student so it was in that last interview that i'm talking to him and he's like oh you're an international student like <laughs> oh unfortunately like we're not hiring them like for this summer cycle and i'm like oh, i'm done with these guys but Yeah that was I mean I'm pretty sure a good amount of people have gone through the same sort of a story where it's like you're in the end of the cycle and they're like oh yeah, we're not hiring and we didn't know you were in dash I'm like I'm just wasted the time Exactly and yeah. it's like the anxiety of it because like so I have a friend and like she's doing pretty much the same thing that like, she's a CS major and all that but she's a permanent resident okay and I have noticed that it's so easy for like there's such a difference between hiring international student and hiring like permanent residents or us citizens where they can just apply for a job and within 2 to 3 months they will have a job and i'm not even yes there are difficulties and yes you know everyone is like so and so but i think like unlike other students international students like we meet and live with the people from like different cultures and yes we choose we choose to like you know i would say study in other countries that is our choice but i would say um with signing up to all the conflicts that come with it because we are just here to study but like the cultural shock the language barrier and plus like not every country is like friendly yeah. i would say to outsiders definitely and uh, it's like trying to i would say settle in like a new environment without seeing families for like such a long time it's the hardest and like dealing with i had a good amount of homesickness when i came here i missed i can't cook okay not like i can't <laughs> cook i can't cook as good as like my mom does and yeah i just i i was just on rice for like the first semester i was here because i'm like rice is the easiest thing i can do so i'll just i'll just have rice and some curry on the side and that's about it so yeah and i don't like eating out like i hate i don't know what's up with the food over here it has no taste <laughs> and it's just like keeping up with the academics as well as like social life and kind of inferiority complexion where like okay if i if i speak in like that accent probably i'll be preferred more or like you know if i behave a certain way or like conduct myself certain way in the like social circle trying to like assimilate yeah exactly mm-hmm. and like it can always because we have only come here for academics but there are so many other things that sort of play come, a role yeah it, yeah so it's like you get yeah a lot of it kind of plays into it and even for me like during the whole pandemic so ice which is basically so during the pandemic i didn't go back home for like two years almost i went back home so the first time i came here was in august 2019 mm-hmm. and uh i went back home in like december 2020 mid like once my finals were done mm. so it was it was a hell lot and plus like it was covid and i love living by myself but i was even i was like depressed after one point it's like damn it like yeah. why i i don't even like myself that much but 
yeah it was that was one of the things i would say and during covid um something that ice did so ice is basically immigration and customs enforcement the other ones who kind of i would say take control of like all of these things mm-hmm. they kind of issued a directive on july 6 of 2020 saying that like international students at american universities um who limited like their class attendance to like remote learning in the fall of 2020 would not be allowed to travel or stay in the united states Mm. Yeah so like if you're not taking any in person classes which no university was offering that like the only in person classes that were happening in are you like at IUPUI were like you know the like health lab classes yeah no the health ones uh, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. you go for yoga or like training the one that happened yeah. in the natatorium yeah i think even usg like issued a bunch of like classes that international students can one credit classes that international students can enroll in but um yeah it was like if you're not taking any in person classes you cannot stay in USA and I'm like that was a very stupid rule that they started but um it was because it was impossible like India had closed its borders and I'm pretty sure even other countries had closed up the like where you're going to go like okay you cannot stay in USA but you can't even go to your home country because the borders are closed like who's going to where are you going to fly like th- that was such a stupid thing to do and then um Howard and MIT pretty much challenged that directive in court and ultimately convinced the department of homeland security to sort of re- resent the order but i mean that can also be a reasons like uh, there may be the other reasons like international students bring like big bucks to the universities because they pay out of st- tuition without scholarships but if they are on without scholarships but yeah like that was something like a very like that moment i because until then i didn't realize i was like okay it's just homesickness and like just being away from home i would say and now when that happened i'm like shoot like where are you going to go right. like you know and i think after that i've sort of realized that you're truly like alone in this world like yeah like even your family is like so far away because there's like a 11 to 12 hours difference between like time zone i yeah. would say so it's like during afternoons i talk to my mom i talk to her every day and yeah if she, if i don't talk to her i get like scolded for that so mm-hmm. there's oh. that yeah yeah there's a lot of i would say grudges held against whenever i've not called her back but yeah it's kind of like i don't know it's pretty tough in terms of trying to navigate through these waters and especially because of how cold it turned out to be for everyone yeah. but even for like international students even worse like i know someone over here at IUPUI um she's she's a chinese student like she's from china and she hasn't visited her like parents for the past like three and a half years wow yeah and like mainly because they had like the whole china like during covid like shut down yeah, and everything yeah. and even before because even flying back home the tickets cost a lot like at least for india the standard is like 900 to 1000 bucks like the return ticket and all that mm-hmm. so it's like trying to get that together and yeah that is it's pretty it's pretty tough and also trying to get an ssn because when we come in we don't have an ssn so unless until we get a job and then we can apply for an ssn yeah. so even that has its own challenges so yeah that's it is a lot it is a lot to unpack <laughs> yeah i can i don't know that's just that's so much i mean i knew a lot of people like a lot of students had to go through a lot of things here and then it's just like adding like for international students it's adding that stress plus the stress of you know thinking about you know back home your family 
um, how you're about to pay. Like, basically, because even if you have financial problems um, here, it's possible to, like, get a job or, like, like, it'll be really hard, but it's still a slight possibility, whereas, like, international students, I just feel like it'll be harder for them to get a job, like you said, like, from what I'm hearing right now. Um, so that's that's really mind-blowing. I don't know. that I'm, like, very shocked right now because I was not aware of any of this. I know you told me a lot of things before, but you never, like, explained, like, the whole thing to me, and now I'm just like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. But IUP, I think, like, I'm glad to be at a university that provides, like, a good amount of support resources for international students. And uh, something that I want to highlight is OI. So OI is basically Office of International Affairs. And they have been, they're they're probably the most, they're the office that basically, like, provides support and fosters development for international students. And any doubts, if I'm going to put their information um in the description so please check like there anything like you can contact them for any if you're an international student or if you have any visa questions or anything you kind of pretty much can um contact them i've contacted them a bunch of times for like various things that i had so and they have been always helpful and supportive and something else that i want to highlight is ipmp so i was part of ipmp or where i met like ipmp is basically international peer mentoring program so it's a mentoring program for international students so the mentors are international students or like i think depends but majority of them are international students uh, when i was there my my mentor was from spain and i learned a lot about her culture and because I had like sort of two mentors, I would say. So one was from Mexico, but she kind of left midway and the other one was from Spain. And even though both of their mother tongue was like Spanish, they were like so different. And I had no clue about like differences in the culture. Mm -hmm. So it's, you kind of, so you're paired, if you sign up for IPMP, like as a mentee, you're paired up with a mentor and then you can have like weekly one-on-ones. And they also organize events where they have like a get together. So it's a pretty Mm. fun community to be a part of, like as a support system. Yeah. Um, The other one is, international club uh, and uh, they they it's a it's a club. so basically i think every every in the semester they have like a presentation of uh, they have someone from that culture and they have a presentation about like that so someone's from uk like they'll talk about the english or british culture and so forth and they also have something called international fashion show that happened like two weeks ago which i know for sure billin was like a star <laughs> in that because i saw her pictures on instagram so do you want to talk about what you did at the international fashion show um basically i just wore a habashak um which is like a traditional like just a traditional dress that we wear to you could really wear it anytime you can wear it for weddings it's all uh, like wear jewels and whatnot or you can just wear it on a regular day basis um, and I was just representing Eritrea and Ethiopia um, and we were a part of ASA um, and we had like different people from like West Africa, East Africa and North Africa and if, you, if you're South African or middle of Africa please come out and join <laughs> ASA completely irrelevant but you should come out I'm just gonna shout them out real quick what's the full form of ASA? Yeah. like African Students Association got it so okay. basically if you are African it doesn't matter if you are from Africa or your parents are or if your grandparents are come out <laughs> you know support us come talk to us but anyway yeah so it was pretty fun um yeah okay 
But that's all for today. Um, So I just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, We hope that you have learned something new because I know I have. And we're always open to answering any questions like Manta has said. Uh, And like always, information will be provided in the description box. And we hope that you listen to our previous podcast. We look forward to sharing more content. So catch us here in January and have a great day.